4: Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike. In for Greeny today at eight 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 ESPN. Okay, let's just get this out of the way right now. <laughs> if you're watching on the ESPN app, I have a uh, black bomber jacket type, collarless kind of jacket with a greenish hoodie.
0: And you, Hembo? Uh, and wearing basically the exact same jacket with basically um, the exact same colored uh, dress shirt underneath it. It's Uh, not a common color that we are rocking today. No, this is is the only thing that looks like this in my closet. I'm guessing it's about the only thing that looks like that in your closet. And we somehow managed to wear both of these items (laughs) on the same day without communicating beforehand. And Bubba immediately,
4: two seconds before we went on the air, just
0: literally said, are you guys wearing the same thing? <laughs> and the answer yeah. yes. I mean, is yes. Yes, we are. How, how much does this suck? How distracting are we? I mean, I'm loving
1: it, so it's, it's great. I mean, you, you can't make this up. I don't even know what to say. I mean, what, what, are you, what are you guys doing? I mean, we're going to have to get – we'll do it for social media at ESPN Radio at some point. Rob,
4: our digital and social guy, will have to take a head-on picture of both of us as to who wore it better.
0: Who, but who does it say more about? Is this more an indictment on you? Yes. Or more, it's more an indictment on you. I mean, you're a lot of things. Cool wouldn't be one of them. Very bottom of that list. And I'm not suggesting
4: I am cool. I am suggesting that maybe my lack of numerical knowledge would make me slightly cooler than you. You
0: are. A, I mean, compared to me, you are LL Cool J.
4: You are that much that cooler than I am. That in itself didn't make you cool the yeah. way you reference LL.
0: How about
1: a reference of LL Cool J there?
4: <laughs> and LL is amazingly cool, but the way in which you said L, like. Ladies love cool James. You're not yeah. as cool as Cam. I said
0: it like a text to speech function. Like, yes. LL cool J. Like, I had never said you it really before. You really are a human text to speech. Uh, that's what function, I am. Hemo definitely says 50 cent. Who does? 50 cents?
5: Oh my no, God. like the rapper. Oh, the rapper. I've heard of him. I know who that is.
4: You just thought Cam was
5: making a financial reference to you? He did. <laughs> No, because the classic thing is, you know, it's supposed to be like fifty cent or something. Oh, which, I yeah. thought
0: I didn't. I didn't even get the right half of the joke. His, his response
5: <laughs> th- was that a pun intended.
4: No, okay. it actually was not. Like fifty cents, half, half a dollar. dollar. It kind of was beneath you. He doesn't
1: even know what we're talking about. So he's, not, he's not in the the right mind. To be can you give jokes us right now? Yeah, can you give us
4: one fact about fifty cent?
0: Yeah, I, I can. I can.
1: Would you like to offer
4: it to us or just confirm that you can. I,
0: I believe he was once shot nine times.
4: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well that's, there's that's but impressive. Bubba, there's a number involved, so of course he knows. <laughs> yeah. It's not that it's, it's, a stat. It's, it's, it's the exact number of times that unfortunately he was shot is why he knows because okay, I can I can associate and analytic with it, that if you were sh- shot 8 or 10, mm-hmm. the results could have been different.
0: For, th- for the most part, I think numbers are remarkably underused and words <laughs> remarkably underused? overused. Oh, yeah. Words overrated. Numbers, underrated. I'm impressed that he knew that. 50 cents? Yeah. Uh,
5: that, was
1: like the, that was actually the first thing that came to mind for me when I was thinking of something, and, and I'm surprised he thought of that.
0: What, that he was shot? Yeah. But I can't
1: tell you a second. Su- I mean, I actually, can think of other blah, blah. things. I mean, he actually lived here in, in Connecticut. He had a
0: nice house. He lived at Mike Tyson's house. I can farm. tell I you that. a second thing about 50 cent. He once threw a very bad first pitch. That's what I thought you at were a to game. game too. Yeah. Wow, I'd, you know a lot about this. I know well, everything about Fifty Cent.
4: Not the worst first pitch of all time, though.
0: No, but it's it's, it's one, of the, one of the worst. Baba,
4: Baba, you and I know what the what yeah. worst yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, Baba Booey. Baba yeah. Booey. Yeah. By far, by far, it's that was, not even that close. That was worse. It hit someone. <laughs> <laughs> it literally somehow he had an HBP on a first pitch. I mean, it's not even close.
0: If you're hitting someone and there's a flag on the field, that's a problem.
4: All right, it is green here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, with you. Uh, so the big news yesterday, of course, is the Milwaukee Bucks firing their head coach, Adrian Griffin, 30-13, and 13, 43 games into the season, as first reported, of course, by Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Woj has also reported that the Bucks have reached out to former Sixers, Clippers, Celtics, and Magic head coach and ESPN analyst, Doc Rivers. We'll get to that in a second. But normally, when you fire a head coach after 43 games in his first season, it would scream incompetence. It would scream something is wrong. I think in this specific case, I give the Milwaukee Bucks organization a ton of credit. The reason I give them a ton of credit is for this reason. I think it is really, really, really hard in life to admit a mistake publicly. And I think it's really hard to admit a mistake publicly in life quickly And I think it's really hard to admit a public mistake in a quick fashion, in a swift fashion that costs you millions of dollars when you're already paying millions of dollars for another mistake you've made. And the Milwaukee Bucks had Mike Budenholzer as their head coach. He won a championship with them. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucs decided this is not the right fit moving forward. They make a move. They bring in Adrian Griffin, a first-time head coach. They are still paying Mike Budenholzer multiple years, I believe two of them, on his contract. I believe somewhere around the range of $14 to $16 million to basically not work for them. They bring in Adrian Griffin who is who Giannis wanted. 30 and 13 Good record, smart organization understands the way in which we get to 30 and 13 is not necessarily the way in which we're going to get to winning in the postseason, mm. specifically defensively. And they make a move here that I think is very intelligent to remove a mistake and create a solution.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, takes, it takes courage to admit that you're wrong. And that's exactly what they've done here. You mentioned Giannis twice, and I think that's probably the most interesting angle That I want to take because it seems like Doc Rivers is going to be the guy. Uh, We don't know for sure. But either way, it not being Adrian Griffin is the most important thing. And I would have to imagine that that is coming directly from Giannis. You know, Giannis has exercised his power considerably over the last year, right? Basically waiting until the Damian Lillard trade and then wind up, you know, winds up doing the big extension. And now halfway through a season, effectively saying, or at least I'm assuming he's saying, yeah, this is not the right guy. Giannis is one of the most powerful people in the NBA. I mean, we've always said that this is like sort of the the LeBron effect, but Giannis is is wielding his superstardom to such an extent that I think we've only really seen LeBron successfully do over the last decade.
4: Well, he's now had, this will be his fifth full-time head coach, Larry Drew, Jason Kidd, Mike Budenholzer, Adrian Griffin, and now Doc, with Joe Prunty as an interim coach twice. So, at different points, seven stints. Now, I want to go there for a second before we go back to kind of the situation and maybe the one telltale sign that got us here. I have to own the fact that I am hyperly critical of LeBron James. Every, of? Every, of every move he makes. Firing coaches, hiring coaches, the passive-aggressive nature, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, while I am giving the Milwaukee Bucks organization a lot of credit for not trying to fix a mistake that they didn't deem they could fix – I am also going to tell you that if the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James did this a year ago or even this year to Darvin Ham, I'd be screaming and yelling about LeBron. I'd be saying today, you didn't want to play for Spolstra, greatest coach in the NBA, one of the greatest coaches of all time. You didn't want to play for Ty Lue anymore, not specifically him, but you didn't want to be in Cleveland, right? And you didn't figure out a way of getting Ty Lue even though they offered him a job but for low money um, in LA. Like... You had a chance to continue playing for Spo, you didn't. You had a chance to continue playing for Ty Lu, you didn't. Those are the two best coaches in the NBA, right? And then if you fire another guy, what's going to happen here? Well, in this specific case, I am failing at being too critical of Giannis. And to your point, I think we should start to be critical of Giannis. Critical. Yes. You didn't want Budenholzer anymore, and he won a title with Budenholzer. So you didn't want to play for that guy. Now you don't want to play for Adrian Griffin. Okay. Doc Rivers is a guy that, what is he most known for as a head coach? Blowing leads in the playoffs. That's the guy you're choosing. And I'm not saying Doc Rivers doesn't bring a credibility. He does. Doc Rivers walks into a locker room, and and players are going to listen immediately. And they made the move to hire this head coach, Adrian Griffin, prior to acquiring Damian Lillard. So maybe they wouldn't have done that if they had Damian Lillard. There are some jobs in sports that I don't believe our first-time coaches should have that job. I don't believe coaching a previous champion Giannis and Dame is a first-time job. You want to – offense. You want to coach the Hornets and then get the Bucks up? Fine. Okay. No problem, right? But that's not a first-time job. So Giannis has now gotten a coach fired after he got him hired. you got to win. Celtics are championship or bust this year. Your Sixers are not championship or bust, in my opinion. They're at least Eastern Conference Finals. Conference Finals. My Heat, not championship or bust. Maybe one move away from being that, but okay.
0: That's an interesting team. We should put a peg in that.
4: Okay. Um, this team is now championship robust. Even though they've won a championship, when you make this kind of move, and the telltale sign, and maybe the most important move that was made this, this NBA season, if the Milwaukee Bucks go on and win the championship this year, we will look back at one thing. We're going to look back at former Bucks and, and Blazers head coach Terry Stotts in the preseason, who was brought in to be an assistant coach as a level of expertise, right? I love when the young, inexperienced coach brings in a right-hand man. Sean McVay, Wade Phillips, right? Antonio Pierce, Marvin Lewis. Love that. Brilliant, really smart, know what you don't know. Adrian Griffin has Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts says, I can't work for this guy. He knew. And if th- and that's the first telltale sign. They make this move. If Doc comes in and they win, we're going to look back at that as a huge move.
0: Part of me wonders if, if this is a little bit unfair towards Griffin, not just because it's only 43 How? games. Because Damian Lillard is a massive liability on defense at this juncture of his career. Did you not know that going in? No, we knew that going in. Doesn't that explain why he wanted to go to Miami? It does explain why he wanted to go to Miami. What I'm saying is, this was baked into the cake. And I think the results, I mean, this team's 30-13 and with a top-five offense, with a defense that has depreciated considerably. And all of those things were to be expected. So I wonder if there's a little bit of buyer's remorse when it comes to Damian Lillard, who's given them about what they hoped, what they expected, but it's pretty ugly on defense. And this was a team that won a championship. I would say, first and foremost, primarily because they were a dominant team on the defensive side of the ball.
4: Yeah, I mean, but this is all what Giannis wanted. This is why I'm telling you, we are not being consistent. And part of it is, while we look at Giannis, rightfully so, as an all-time great player, while we look at him as an unbelievable character guy, right, over the, from what we know, right, we have clearly ranked him so much less than how we have ranked LeBron James, it's not even funny. If LeBron James did everything that Giannis was doing, we would be going absolutely berserk. You asked for Drew Holiday to be gone for Dame. Don't tell me about how de- bad your defense is. You knew that was going to be the case. It's like, you know, when, when LeBron said, I want these playmakers around me a few years ago. Kevin Love, fit in or fit out, whatever it is. Like, LeBron asked for this stuff, and we hold it, I hold it against him because I put him on such a level. Giannis is obviously not on that level.
0: But how much of a difference does it make in this case that, that Giannis is a buck and only a buck? First, last, and always. I mean, this is his 11th season. He has been in locks up with the front office for a really long time. I mean, he is the face of the franchise. He is the most, he's the most popular player that this team has had since, since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron bounced around a good bit. I think that does change the math a little bit. Who's to say that this is not the sign of a healthy relationship between the face of a franchise oh, no, and is. the front office? No,
4: no, it is. There's no, I mean,
0: then why be critical? This is a different situation than all of those LeBron situations. That is a fair counter,
4: right? That's not a debate. Let's be clear on that. And if I wasn't clear, let me try to be clear now. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks governorship have as healthy of a star governor relationship as literally any team in the NBA. Steph Curry and and the Lakers probably above that. Right I'll up say, there, right, and that's in Golden State. But you are a 1,000% right. So if I came off saying otherwise, that's not my, my intent. My intent is to look at this and say, while LeBron brings pressure upon himself, I need Russ. I don't need Russ. I need this coach. I don't need this coach. Let's now do this to Giannis. Let's be fair about that. You're a superstar player that has the healthy relationship with your organization, and you have now brought extra pressure on yourself. You didn't want Coach Bud? Okay. You, know, you can express that. He did. And move on. You wanted Adrian Griffin when Nick Nurse, your head coach for the Sixers, was a finalist. Mm-hmm. Kenny Atkinson in, in Golden State, who was a former head coach with the Nets, who's known for getting more out of less, and a defensive guy, was a finalist. And this is the guy you chose. And now you're about to choose Doc Rivers. Now, here's the other part of this. I don't like presenting problems without solutions. If, if Adrian Griffin was the problem and you want to have him out, and I don't think Doc Rivers is the guy to get you over the hump, I don't have a solution in season for that.
0: No, I don't either. I think you have to just take that chance. That that Doc is clearly and obviously a better coach with all the mileage, with all the experience. And even though he has this long and storied history of blowing leads in the playoffs, he's still Doc Rivers. He's still going to the Hall of Fame, and he's a much better he's much better equipped to handle Giannis, his personality, his grav- gravitas, and Damian Lillard than Griffin was. Very clearly. Hambo,
5: yeah. are you excited as a Sixers fan for the Sixers to face the Bucks in the second round? With Doc Rivers and for Doc Rivers to beat the Sixers to knock the Sixers once again out of their chances of making it to the conference. I'll tell you
0: what. I mean, Doc Rivers will be outcoached in the playoffs if he goes up against Eric Spoltra, if he goes up against Nick Nurse. The question is, how much do his players cover up those blemishes? I mean, I, I think that's clear. Like, I would favor Miami in that series today. I have always
4: loved Doc Rivers when he has less, not when he has more. If you look back historically, when he was the coach of Orlando before he got McGrady in Grant Hill, mm-hmm. I thought he was great. Did a great job. I agree. The Celtics teams, while winning a championship, underachieved. They should have won another one. Mm-hmm. right? You're going to bring up Game 7 in 2010 against the Lakers. Kendrick Perkins is not healthy. They've never lost with those five. Okay, Lakers still won. Kobe had its worst offensive game. My favorite Kobe game of all time, which is interesting. 6 of 24. I believe, and had 20-plus points but had 15 rebounds, found other ways to win. I love that Kobe game, even though he was terrible offensively in that game because I just think it speaks towards who he was. Um, Doc Rivers, Lob City, underachieved. Mm-hmm. In between Lob City and getting Kawhi, overachieved with the Clippers. Mm. Philadelphia, the year where Ben Simmons had the phone in his pocket and he was out for the first half of that season, I thought Doc Rivers was great with that group. Great with that group. When they have everybody, not as much. This Bucks team has everything you could want. Right? Do they need perimeter defense? Sure. I get it. But Doc is not known as the guy that's going to get you over the hump. But in season, I have no solution as to go get – you can't say, let's go get Steve Kerr, who's a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe after the year you can, but if you're bringing in Doc Rivers, you're not going to bring him in on a half-year deal. The NBA, of course, is on ESPN Radio. Don't miss the Celtics and heat tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. By the way, I want to tell you about this, though. There was one thing with this move yesterday. There was a team, and it wasn't the Bucs, that I th- as soon as this happened yesterday, I thought of one team in sports, and I thought, wow, if they applied this logic to what the Bucs did, they'd have a much better chance of winning it all this year. I'll tell you who that team is coming up. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us
1: Greeny, the podcast.
2: Breaking news. The Milwaukee Bucks have fired head coach Adrian Griffin.
0: They looked at where this team was that they have such a tight championship window. When
1: you look at the Bucks' defense, it has been awful.
4: Well, now it is supposed to change with no Adrian Griffin. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, from on Sportsman Life, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, here on ESPN Radio, in for Greedy, You know, when this move happened yesterday, I, my initial thought was two things. First of all, give the Milwaukee Bucks credit for realizing a mistake, not dragging the mistake on, and which is I know that's unfair necessarily to, to Adrian Griffin, and it's not meant to be personal and... It stinks for him, right? He he probably moved his family, bought a house, the whole deal. Like, hey, I'm going to be in Milwaukee for a while, and I'm going to be with Giannis and Dame. This is amazing, right? Okay, they realize it's not the right fit. They move on. That is not an easy thing to do. I give them a lot of credit from a business and management and leadership uh, perspective doing that. But I immediately, oddly, and it had nothing to do with you, Hembo, I swear, immediately thought of your football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, because I immediately thought of, wait a minute, so let's look around sports, and when you think about, is this a mistake, And what do we do with the mistake? Because some mistakes in life, you're like, okay, this is just a thing. we got to figure out a way out of this. we got to get over it. Or this is, this will never change. This is broken. This is done. Let's move on. I literally went to the place of, I thought that Nick Sirianni with the Eagles last year was such an issue that I was thinking back, I wonder if they would have just fired him after week 18, before the playoffs. Just, hey, there's no way we're going to win. Our team's dead we need the interim coach bump, and we got to do it in the wild card round of the postseason. But that was clear-cut decision-making, swift decision-making by Milwaukee, and I thought of your football team. With yeah,
0: I, it's, a, it's a great comp. Um, and I think the Eagles are making a mistake in retaining Nick Sirianni as their head coach, which it seems is going to be what happens. The Eagles um, are going to talk today. It's going to be Howie Roseman, the GM, and Sirianni at some point today. If it happens while we're on, we'll definitely pull some sound and talk about it. But the Eagles are, I think, doubling down on a good decision three years ago, but a bad decision now. Uh, What became clear over the last two months is that Nick Sirianni lost his team. I don't care what they say. Like, Fletcher Cox and Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and all the people whose opinions matter in that locker room saying publicly that we like Sirianni and we're playing hard for him is immaterial when I can watch the games and tell that they're not. That game against Tampa was as pathetic a showing, as pathetic an effort as I have seen a football team ever demonstrate in a playoff game, it was humiliating. It was their corpse on a football field against Tampa Bay. I could not believe what I was seeing. Nick
4: Sirianni wow, a is the des- ha- a desk slam. Yeah, that was a desk, a desk slam. A two-handed desk
0: slam. A two-handed desk slam. Not a one. No, two. because I feel strongly
4: about this. Wow, okay. Nick Sirianni
0: is cooked. Now, that is not to say that the Eagles could not find coordinators to prop him up as they did last year. It is to say, if that's what you need to do, you already know for sure that you have the wrong guy. So it's not obvious to me what's happening in Philadelphia, but what I know for sure is that bringing back Nick Sirianni at this juncture based on everything that we know and the way that the season ended is the wrong choice. So,
4: wow, that was a chop more than a uh, – anyway. So the other <laughs> part of this, that may factor into the comparison with the Bucks because they may look at it as let's do it now before someone else calls Doc Rivers, right? While you and I say, well, maybe he doesn't get them over the hump, someone else could make the phone call to Doc Rivers, of course, Maybe that played a part of it. The part that I'm looking at is I can't help but think about Bill Belichick coaching Mm. the Eagles. Just like I I can't help but think about Bill Belichick coaching the Bills or coaching the Jaguars, potentially. And I am sorry. I am not trying to fire Doug Peterson or Sean McDermott or Nick Sirianni, respectively. I am just simply pointing out that when you have a win-now team and you have the greatest win-now coach in the history of the sport and you could pair the two, it's hard for me to get that out of, the, out of my head. Adam Schefter went on ESPN, Pat McAfee's show, and discussed that the Falcons right now are the only team seemingly showing interest in
2: Belichick. We seem more enthused than the teams have so far because the only you know, team that he's spoken to so far, to my knowledge, is the Falcons. And so, well, we wondered about Dallas. We wondered about 72. Philly. We wondered about Buffalo. You could do that exercise for a lot of teams because he is the greatest coach of all time. He belongs somewhere. So it's a little strange. Like when Tom Brady was a free agent quarterback, there might have been more, but I believe there were only two teams, two of 32, the Chargers in Tampa. That was it. Like, why would more teams not have been interested? And I think, to me, it's almost repeating itself with Bill as a head coach here. Why would there not be more teams that are interested in Bill Belichick? It's just odd to me.
4: Shefty has done an amazing job of making that point, including yesterday on Unsportsmanlike, 6 10 a.m. Eastern as well. Now, I took that, and I went back And I started looking at the teams that I would assume Brady would have considered going to in 2020 and who their starting quarterbacks were going into that season and who those teams chose over Tom Brady. So we'll go through this here, Hambo. Okay. I could have seen him in Philly. They went with Carson Wentz. Certainly could have seen him with the Raiders. For sure. They went with Derek Carr. Certainly could have seen him with his hometown team that he rooted for as a kid. For sure. The Niners. They went with Jimmy G. I could have seen him in Indy with a good offensive line at that time. They went with Phillip Rivers, a.k.a. Josh Allen rewound. Tennessee, his really close friend, Mike Vrabel, was the head coach. They went with Ryan Tannehill in Miami, where he currently lives, and an owner in Stephen Ross that is very tied into Michigan, where Tom Brady went, so those two know each other, and there's another owner in there that uh, Brady has a relationship with. They went with Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's New York with the Giants and the NFC East for an all-time organization that Belichick, I'm sure, told him about a million times and in, a, in, a, in a location where his son lives in New York. They went with Daniel Jones. And the aforementioned L.A. Chargers, Tom Brady's from California, spent time in L.A. or has in his life, they went with Tyrod Taylor. Needless to say, every single one of those teams, I'm assuming, even with Philly having Jalen Hurts and even with San Francisco having Brock Purdy, every single one of those teams, if they had a do-over, would have gone with Tom Brady. I'm wondering if the same thing is going to happen now with Belichick.
0: The the Niners and the Raiders are the most obvious what-ifs now, I think, because I don't think Tampa was Brady's first choice. I think it's clear. Playing in San Francisco would have been his dream, and the Raiders are probably not too far behind.
4: No, his first choice was the same as as Belichick's first choice. They both wanted to stay in New England, which makes it even weirder, right? You're talking about the second and third. They could even get their second and third choices, but go ahead.
0: Hmm. Either way, I think you're right about Belichick. I, I understand the notion... That the game has passed him by. I understand the notion that he doesn't know how to relate to young players. The notion that he ruined Why do Mac you understand that? Because there has been a durable enough period of lack of success at this point. Over the course of you know, the post-Tom Brady era, which stretches for four years, right? In which they have not drafted or developed players effectively. And Mac Jones has tailspin during that time. Right, but I, I take
4: issue with the idea of relating to players because Bill Belichick has never been young and cool even when he was old excuse me even when he was young he was deemed to be an old soul so the idea of relating to players is ridiculous to me because his relating to players is here is your job I'm going to make it as simple as possible to explain your job I don't need to be your best friend I'm never going to lie to you I'm going to tell you the truth and Hembo here are the three things you need to do do you understand how to do these three things Yes, coach, I do. Do you understand why they're going to help us win? Yes, coach, I do. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think there's, players... There's, I think there's no players, yelling and screaming like you think, except for at the really good players.
0: They want to make money, and they want to win. And I, and I do still believe that Bill Belichick enables you to do that. That being said, you are you are as big a Bill Belichick fan guy as I have ever met. And for good reason. He is the greatest coach of all time. You tell yes, me. Yes. You tell me why NFL ownership across the board has been lukewarm on his free agency. L-
4: let me just rewind one second so yes I absolutely love Belichick I am an odd weird person and an odd weird sports fan I love well-run machines like I love what New England has done I love what Miami has done I love what the Spurs have not now but Spurs sure, Warriors of course um Cardinals in baseball like I love and I'm not a Cardinals fan but you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. I love I love observing you have sustained success for an insane amount of time Right? I'm currently filling in for that person in Greeny. Insane success for a long period of time. How and why? Right? So I admire that stuff. In the case of Belichick, you ask, why are teams not buying in? Mm-hmm. Well, Dominic Foxworth was on with us this morning on Like and said, well, maybe some of these people are thinking about hiring him, and the moment they hire him, he fires them. That's fair. Hmm. Right? I want my entire organization the way it is. Right? And I get that. That's with any, anybody that is great at what they do. They are able to pick their teammates, their peers, etc. Right? That may be an issue. Maybe you're right about the perception of him not being able to relate to players. I also think one of the dumbest arguments I've heard is when, when teams leak out, well, he may only be here for two or three years. The guy you're hiring may only be there for two or three years also. Like Someone that is hired, probably more than one, Person in this cycle will get fired after two or three years. No doubt. Oh, for sure. So, Belichick in years seventy-one, seventy-two, seventy-three, seventy-two, seventy-three, seventy-four. All right, maybe only has three years to coach you. But the guy that you're hiring, that's forty-two, is not going to necessarily make it to forty-five years old as your head coach. Yeah. The other obstacle fire here, him.
0: The other obstacle here is very rarely does do head coaching positions open up at sort of ready-made to win organizations. That's not common. And I would say in this case. There are very few of those. I don't even really perceive Atlanta to be a championship-ready team, even if they had a quarterback. So part of me does wonder, is Bill Belichick just sort of biding his time, waiting for something else to potentially pop up? I mean, there are four teams still playing, obviously. Are you 100% sure that all four of those coaches are going to come back next season? Well, there's
4: one by choice. I mean, do you... are we going go to the... are we gonna do this? We want to go to the place of... Andy Reid deciding to retire and Bill Belichick walking in the back door? Here's the thing. That's I'm, what you were leading me into, were you not? hundred
0: percent. And okay. you fell through the trap door. There, I have heard enough credible people I have speculate that. We walk the same hallways every Right, you. we do. And so <laughs> how, how am I supposed to hear that and then not have a light bulb go off inside my head? I mean, if that, if that job became available, like that to me... Is the dream job if can you you're Bill Belichick?
4: That. Let's play out oh. the reckless speculation hypothetical. Okay? Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl, retires from coaching, has a president advisor role within the organization. Says, I'd like to hire my very close friend, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? So he would have, co- at that point, Bill Belichick would have coached the greatest offensive player of all time in Tom Brady, the greatest defensive player of all time in Lawrence Taylor the greatest special teamer arguably of all time in Matthew Slater, and the singular and only person that has ever come close to any of those of entering the greatest ever in
0: Patrick Mahomes. It would be crazy. Crazy, but I honestly think it is on the list of options based upon the tea leaves that I'm reading. And if there's anyone that would have the you know, ability to text or call or email or however Andy re-communicates with his friends, it would be him to Bill Belichick. Part of me does wonder if Bill Belichick was going to take that, car, uh, that Falcons job might he already have? I mean, this is a guy. Do you really need to bring Bill Belichick in for a second interview? Like, what are you going to talk about? Special teams philosophy? Like, who are we kidding here? If the Chiefs job became available, that's the, that's the one. Like, that's, that's the white whale. And I think there's a chance that he's waiting for that.
4: I think people would rip him, though, for it, which is Who awesome. cares? He doesn't care. Certainly. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. Like, he is. <laughs> he gets his hands on that job. Oh, my goodness. I do think if we look back at this, though, one year from today, And we think back to the premise that Adam Schefter suggested, which is, are teams going to regret passing on Belichick like—I did a one-hand slam down Um, now—regret passing on Belichick like they did with Brady? There are four teams that come to mind for me. Okay. Your team in Philadelphia. Agreed. I love Mike McCarthy more than most, but Dallas could. Mm. I think Buffalo will very much so regret it. And there's one other team. And this guy does not deserve to be fired, but I can't help think about— What happens next year if the Jacksonville Jaguars don't make the playoffs again? Well, that would probably be the end of Doug Peterson, I would think. And Bill Belichick, we assume, will have a job by then. We would assume. And think about Bill Belichick in the AFC South. And I understand the division's way better thanks to Houston. And and Indianapolis, let's see what Anthony Richardson becomes, right? But think about Bill Belichick with Trevor Lawrence in that division.
0: I need to ask you a question. As someone who has seen every snap Mac Jones has ever played. Which is too many. If I'm a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I'm thinking about this from a 30,000-foot view... Am I sure that Bill Belichick is the right person to foster that kid's career in Jacksonville? And tell, me, tell me why. Tell because me why.
4: For some reason, as somebody that is so numerically based, you choose to use four versus twenty. You choose to use the last four years versus the previous twenty years. He was a Tom Brady will be the first to tell you that Belichick was a part of his development. Mm-hmm. They were great with each other. Too many times we do the verses with Brady and Belichick and not the end. It's an end, it's not a versus. I don't care if currently if they like each other, and I don't think they even dislike each other. I think they're probably more neutral than anything else right now. Like, the idea that all of a sudden he's going to be around another quarterback and they're going to become Mac Jones is ridiculous to me. We choose to use the last four years because they're the most recent four years. You know, he won a playoff game in Cleveland. Everybody wants to make him seem like the worst coach ever in Cleveland. He won one more playoff game in Cleveland than Robert has won with the Jets. (laughs) Right? I mean, and he still has it. Like, Belichick's Cleveland tenure is a lot better than some of the coaches that get to keep their job currently. It's
0: misremembered. I agree.
4: And even the last four years, if you just eliminate last year, the three years prior weren't great, but they weren't horrifically bad. One playoff team. And the idea of, oh, well, how do you do that to Mac Jones with Matt Patricia? Matt Matt Patricia's offense was better than Bill O'Brien's offense. And I like Bill O'Brien, but it was better. And Robert Kraft, the owner of the team, wanted to make a change. If you're going to sit here and assume that Bill Belichick cannot get the ja- – theoretically, Trevor Lawrence, any young quarterback you want to throw out there, better. I'm sorry. That's not
0: fair. I think that you might be right. All I'm saying is that it's possible to get Tom Brady right and to get Mac Jones wrong. And I think that's what has happened. That doesn't mean that – Well, what he- about Matt Castle? Matt Castle? very good. He- Matt Castle, he got right. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? Football has changed a lot since Matt Castle was playing quarterback. Okay, what about Jimmy Patriots? Garoppolo? He got him right. And I think there's a chance that that'll be his quarterback next year. In Jacoby Brissett, he got right. And there's a chance that he might be his quarterback next year, too.
4: You know what? Cam Newton, he got right, too. And it's not that Cam was amazing. They would have potentially had a chance to make the playoffs if Cam wasn't out with COVID. They had an awful game against Kansas City, ironically, where Brian Hoyer was horrific at quarterback. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, so, like... We choose to remember it a certain way because we don't have a blemish. It's literally like the supermodel that has one pimple, like bad skin, bad skin. Like one singular pimple—that's what we're looking at here. I mean, that's what it's, we're trying to find it with. We are a things. vain people. Well, we are wearing the same clothing. Yes. It is a greenie presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com
0: for more information. Do we have a sneaky Hemby, Hembo trivia? We do. Enough of this nonsense. My question today is this. Uh, yeah, Babe we've been Ru- very serious. Much too serious. Uh, Babe Ruth uh, became the first member of the 500 home run club in the year 1929. Who was the second player to reach that milestone?
4: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Maybe we should not, Cam. I mean... So we're we're too serious, and now he's
3: bringing up 1920s baseball.
4: Oh my God, it's grainy. Presented by Progressive Insurance.
3: Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance: superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more.
1: Greenie, the podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra
0: sneaky? The question today is this So, Babe Ruth became the first member of the 500 Home Run Club in the year 1929. Mm-hmm. My question for you guys Who was the second player to reach that milestone? I will go with Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox is your guest. You're on the record. Cam, Bubba, what do you got?
5: I know Evan has rules about repeating, but that was my guess, too, and I don't have another. So I'm breaking Evan's rules, and I'm going with Jimmy Fox as well. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that was that's also my guess. That's, <laughs> that's literally the only name that came to mind. No specific reason why. Um, I don't know. I actually have no concept of when he played, um, if that's around the time when it was, but I know he has 500 home runs, and I'm also going Jimmy Fox. I know
5: his picture on baseball reference is black and white. Yeah, so my, it was my, back
1: then. My friend has a, a painting of 500 home runs. I know he's on it, so I don't, I don't know, uh, <laughs> you know when he <laughs> was. He did it at some point.
4: So for, do you want me to guess somebody else for sake of another no. name? No, I want you to okay. guess who you All think right. it is. Right. Just
0: All so right. you know, uh, Brandon is not here today. Uh, Jack is here today, and he texted me Ted Williams. So we have three Jimmy Foxes That's and one Ted good. Williams. The The correct right. answer is Jimmy Fox. Yes. Yay. The correct answer is Jimmy Fox. Uh, what um, a terrible question. A by job <laughs> very well. What do you mean with terrible question?
4: Because the whole point of it is that like no, like max one person should get it in my mind. No, I, I, I thought you guys would all guess Mel Ott.
5: <laughs> I can't
0: believe we didn't do that.
4: You're supposed to guess Mel Ott. <laughs> I was going to guess Hank Greenberg was going to be the other one. But... I actually
0: thought of him. He didn't get to 500 though. It missed uh-huh. too much time to the war effort.
5: Okay. Yeah, I knew Lou. I knew Lou guess. was like several short of 500, so I, I was thinking about him, but I knew he didn't get there. So pretty yeah. respectable Good job by us, from Jack. Yeah. There, yeah.
1: By the way,
4: speaking of Jack, who works on the crew here, um, what did you do to him earlier? today? Oh my goodness! So, guys,
0: tell me whose side you're on here, because you obviously have. to I don't to even pick. know the story, and it's, I'm on Jack's side. Jack All right, side. well, okay. So I have. Uh, you might even be able to tell because my voice is super nasally these days. Um, I, I've been, you know, dealing with something, you know, minorly viral, uh, you might say, and I have a cut in my mouth. Uh, to which a uh, hydrogen peroxide is naturally the remedy. I, I, I gargle it, I swash it around, and I spit it out naturally. And that's what I do when I have a cut in my mouth. Um, so Jack do you was, have
4: that often, just out of curiosity? Uh,
0: I would say once-ish a month, maybe a little bit. Once a month you have random cuts in your mouth? Like uh, ulcers, like sores. I, I live like a very sore. Yeah, kind of. I, I lead a very stressful life, you know.
4: You are a once-a-month sore
0: guy? Can you not tell? I'm, I'm s- probably
4: a once-every four to six months canker sore guy well what is your remedy for it is it's it also- like a, a blistex kind of thing you put on it and like freezes it a little bit okay. Why are is- you
5: saying canker sore like that
4: well how does he how do you say it
5: you were saying like canker yeah. sore
4: <laughs> it sounds like how a dinosaur you, i know how do you actually say it i
5: really don't even it's know it's just canker
4: sore right? canker so i, I left out another r
5: that needed yeah, to be in like, there canker sore <laughs> i'm a new yorker what do you want me to say <laughs> okay yeah, hey, yo, i got
4: it's my canker sore
5: i know Hey,
4: Hembo, get my canker
0: off. So you use some kind of, like, adhesive?
4: Like a little cream that, like, freezes it.
0: So you don't don't ever gargle or swash anything?
4: No, there's no gargling or swashing.
0: Okay, so I elect to use hydrogen peroxide, which is a good remedy. I I deal with these fairly often. I I was in mid-conversation today with Jack when it was starting to bother me. So I have some hydrogen peroxide, which is just a big brown bottle, at my desk. And I begun, like, swashing it around in my mouth and then spit it into the trash can.
4: Wait, I, you spit liquid into the trash can?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's
4: I, Okay, there's so many parts of this that are uh, wrong. What parts of it are wrong? Because it's not your home. Go to the bathroom and spit it into the sink. Yeah, but this, the bathroom is also not my home bathroom. Right, but the, the garbage can could have, like, the bag, could, it could seep through. No, it could not
1: seep yeah, through. That, that's generally where fluid should go is the sink. Oh, Thank you. It's not really fluid. It's like more like foam. Because obviously I've swatched Oh, oh in
5: that case. Oh, that's worse.
1: Are you, so you guys are on Jack's side here. Well, have, this, you mean, haven't I,
4: even told us the story and we're on Jack's <laughs> side. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I have a concern when you started by saying mid-conversation. You stop mid-conversation, Jack's talking, well, and you just started.
0: I was moving fast. Down. We were busy this morning. We had just finished playing our best of three ring toss, and I was gargling to make, make sure this canker sore was not an the issue. Best of three Who won? ring toss? I I won, uh, as I've done each of the first four times we've played. We've created a season series.
4: Do you have a spreadsheet on this where you keep track? Yeah,
0: Jack's uh, marking it on the calendar. Uh, It's like a whiteboard above our playing surface. I was just making sure. He he still needs to buy a better mouse pad on which we can rest this thing. But either way, so you're saying that not only is it uncouth to be gargling mid-conversation with someone that you know well that is your good friend that is your colleague
4: okay you see you, so you got to be careful with me and when you use words and terms because my job my innate nature is to follow up when you suggest good friends how many times have you guys gone to lunch just the two of you we've not how many times have you gone to dinner we've not have your significant others ever interacted if there are significant others only uh, only on social media on social media uh, have you ever made plans and scheduled plans in any way shape or form to do anything together
0: we've invited him over and he's never come great what friends. What the
4: heck, Jack? <laughs> it seems like you guys are really good friends. Okay, Continue. so I
0: overstated... But
4: like, <laughs> Did you ever?
0: Okay, fine. Fair enough. But but we are certainly comfortable enough to gargle around each other. I, I perceived our relationship well, you strong are. enough to do that. Certainly. Has so, Jack ever gargled around you? Jack has never gargled around me.
5: But now that you've done it, he has the okay.
0: Yeah, because now if Jack has a cut inside of his mouth... He might be like, "Oh, I can do this without having to go to the bathroom." What Waste a relief! Time. What
5: a relief for him. Are so you kidding? So, really, you were helping him out by giving him the open door to gargle whenever he wants. I
0: prefer a, 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 a relaxed environment here. That's why I set up the ring toss game so he and I could have some sort of like low, like low stress, low key bonding mm-hmm. time. But okay. it's helped a lot. All right. So you have the once a month
4: cut in your mouth. Yeah. You use the hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> With your alleged good friend, Jack, who's not your good friend, you gargle in front of him, you then spit liquid out in a garbage can that is not yours, liquid that becomes foam in a garbage can Mm -hmm. can that is not yours in the garbage at work. That's right.
0: You've you've said everything
4: wondering, And you're wondering who's odd in this scenario? Yeah.
0: Like, I don't think that anything in my behavioral pattern here is like outside, like outside of the Overton window. You think a lot of people
4: gargle in front of their coworkers and spit it into the garbage in front of people.
0: I, I mean, I do that, and I and people have done certainly more odd things around me at work. I mean, name not them that specifically. Name them. I mean, none immediately come to mind, right? Okay, but, but like stuff happens. here. I wonder here. why stuff happens here. You know, like, what? Here's the other thing, too. Like, you gotta remember, like, we're this is like practically the middle of the night. Like, I'm up early in the morning. I mean, I have not had the time to, like, prep my whole day. I come here, I do my hair, I do a variety of things to, to start my day. All of these things I do as well. And I gargle. I've never gargled. I gargle. I've, I've gargled, just not in front of people. Would you put on your adhesive inside of your lip in front of a colleague? No. Would, only in the bathroom? In the bathroom. If they and, see me in the bathroom doing it, I would do it. You're far too stuck up. You're
4: gargling and spitting on Granny.